Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. Right back out to the Raider Nation listener line because Eddie is in L.A. How you doing, Eddie? That's not for us. I'm what sorry. Are the things that I... I, Eddie, I missed the first uh, part, of, part of what you're saying. I said, what a game it could have been yesterday. It just didn't turn out for us. Yeah. It, 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 it was uh, It's just striking how late in that game we uh, you saw how we still had a chance to be in that game. And right. One of the, right. You, let off, you let off today talking about the, the blocks of the four linemen that sat there and blocked no one. I mean, that just epitomized where our offensive line is at right now. Yeah. I don't understand why we can't bring in any outside help on the veterans. Not necessarily to start, but to start creating more depth and seeing who can plug in and start giving us a better option because Derek Carr, uh, he can't be taking the hits that he's taking. I don't care what quarterback you put back there. They're not going to be able to be to run away from all those defenders if the blo- the blockers are not even blocking. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's just a joke at this point. And John Gruden's got to do something with that with his play calling. Running up the guts over and over again with this offensive line is just not cutting it. He's got to change it up. Yeah, um, Eddie. I, I I I short of trading for somebody that is established that's going to be able to come in and step in and 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 you know offer some immediate and effective and real help I, I i i'm not i'm not you know um i'm not there with the let's bring a bunch of people in see if they could get, you know it's got to be this group right here it's the only way right now like i said if they could go trade for you know uh, a a really good guard right now or a really good right tackle or something along those lines to provide immediate and real help um yes the the raiders should absolutely be looking into that and i'm sure they are but short of that, I think I think the last thing that they really need to do is bring somebody in, maybe off the street, and just try to reshuffle it again because it's just you're, you're stepping back again. You're asking people that don't know the playbook uh, to learn it in a quick way, that don't know their teammates to to learn them in a quick way. I think the best uh, remedy is just to get it settled down, pick your best five, feel confident about that, and then build. Uh, you know, momentum and build cohesion and build chemistry through playing time and practice time together. I think that's the only way. And then you you hope that uh, the Raiders' strengths can overcome some of their weaknesses so that by the time that weakness gets a little bit stronger or maybe becomes a strength, uh, then you're ready to, to, to really be a good football team. And you just got to hold it down and win games, as many games as possible, until that process takes over. But I think this group needs to play a lot together, and that's the only real way. Uh, Going to go out to the Raider Nation listener or guest line, our good friend Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. That's my teammate over uh, at the RJ. You could follow uh, or you could you could get his uh, Sam Gordon stuff. Uh, just download the app, our, um, Vegas Nation, or go to VegasNation.com. That's where you get all of our content, all of our videos, podcasts, stories, everything, uh, photo essays, uh, the whole nine yards. We got you covered with the Raiders. Uh, Sam Gordon, thanks for spending some time with us in the huddle. How are you doing, my friend? Man, anytime, Vinny. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Doing all right. Trying to make sense of everything that's going on, Sam. And there's really a lot that's going on uh, with these Raiders. And uh, the sky is not falling, I don't believe. Uh, as as you know, windy as it might be outside and as gloomy as it might look, um, I, I, I really believe that 
the answers that the Raiders need, the solutions are are within their building and are in their power. Um, am I being crazy here, or is there a possibility that they could get this thing turned around um, and buy themselves some time to allow this offensive line uh, to just get better and gel uh, and be in a better position down the road, but also stack up some wins uh, as that process unfolds? Yeah, I don't think that's too much to ask, Vinny. I mean, we saw the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders have beaten, you know, three quality teams, well, three quality defensive teams anyways, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and uh, and Miami with pretty much the offensive line that they have now. Obviously, some different parts now. You have Brandon Parker at the right tackle, Alex Leatherwood at right guard, but essentially the same group of personnel, like you said, that's, that's in the building. So they've proven that there's a formula. They can win with, 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 with the offensive line in flux. Now, that said, obviously you're going to need better better play. You're going to need some some of the young guys on that line to grow up uh, and to start improving a little bit rather soon because I think the book is out now. The Raiders can't you know they can't run the ball not consistently not not very effectively. And if you can get to Derek Carr, um, you're going to have a good chance to win the game. So there has to be something done in the interim to stabilize things. But the Raiders have won. You know they're three and two, right? Like you said, the sky's not falling. They're three and two. They're not zero and five. They're not one and four, and they have wins. Um, certainly a signature win over the Baltimore Ravens, who I believe to be a quality football team that we're going to see coming up here on Monday Night Football, and then wins over Pittsburgh and Miami. Again, very respectable defenses, well-coached well coached teams um, that were in playoff contention last year. So, yeah, I think the answers are in the building. I heard you finishing up with the last caller um, a little bit. You know you know who's not on the trading block right now? Great offensive linemen. Like, <laughs> yeah. The teams aren't trading great offensive linemen. The only time you see that happen is if it's a Trent Williams situation where there's a contract dispute and he wants out, and right now that doesn't seem to be happening. So the answers have to be in the building, uh, and it's on John Gruden and Tom Cable to figure out how to get this thing rectified. Um, the good news is that the Raiders are 3-2 and two and that they have a quarterback that's proven so far through the course of the season that, look, the running game's not working. You can go out there and sling it 40 or 50 times and win the game, um, and I think that's the approach they might have to get back to until they can rectify some of those issues up front, but, but they've done it already. Uh, and and they have a, a winnable game coming up here against the Denver Broncos, rival Denver team, you know, in altitude, a good defense and whatnot. But the Raiders, the Raiders are more than capable of handling business and, and, and stacking up a couple more wins as these young offensive linemen continue to mature. We're talking to Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review Journal. You can follow him at by Sam Gordon and also uh, go download the uh, Review Journal app. It's Vegas Nation, uh, or if you want to catch it on the computer, just go to VegasNation.com. Uh, Sam, yesterday, on top of you know uh, the, the the offensive line issues, which we've kind of come accustomed to or become accustomed to, uh, what we haven't been accustomed to is just the sloppy play in general uh, that we saw yesterday from the Raiders. A lot of drop passes, misassignments. Uh, it looked like Derek and some of his wide receivers weren't always on the same page. What do you chalk that up to yesterday? Yeah, I think part of that, I mean, Chicago's a good defensive team. They have a good defensive front. They, they're they well-coached defense. Uh, Khalil Mack, obviously a, a game-changer uh, that, that was able to make some plays last night and, and a, a drove of good players are, around him. And I think um, Chicago was just a more physical, you know, better-prepared football team in this in this game. I don't think there's, there's anything, you know, anything I can point to in, in particular. It was just kind of one of those games where the ball wasn't bouncing um, the Raiders' way and they could really never – uh, establish a, a rhythm, right? And I think, you know, the penalties uh, wiped out a number of big plays or a number of – they slowed up a number of drives that, that had some potential where you had an opportunity um, to, to go score some points. And it was just one of those situations where by the time the Raiders did kind of start to figure it out, they were very, right at the end of the game, it was just a little too late. They had dug too, de- too deep a hole. So 
Um, I, it's based on what we saw. You know, the, the first three, the first four games, actually, especially that second half of that Chargers game. I think the offense and, and their car, you know, is the least of the issues right now. And the receivers and the show guys. Look, drops happened. It was a bad game for you know for Brian Edwards. Forgettable game in, in, in some respects for Darren Waller, who had a, a key drop in a big spot. It, it, it happens. It's, you know, obviously those guys are are going to be their own harshest critics. They don't certainly don't want to drop passes in the big situations. But um, if, if there's anything, I, I, I do think um, that the Raider fans can, can can be confident in is that they have a quarterback who has had chemistry with his receivers through the first month of the season, first five weeks of the season, and has proven that for the most part this offense can move uh, move with efficiency. I think. Yesterday was more so a one-off, um, just kind of with some of those issues, those chemistry issues that they had, because uh, I think we have a bigger sample size that this offense could be pretty explosive. Again, even with the offensive line issues, because maybe yesterday was the worst of the group, but they've struggled up front throughout the course of the season and haven't had a problem moving the ball through the air. So uh, just, you know, just get back on the same page this week in practice, fixing up some of those timing things, and I think the Raiders will be fine in that respect. Talking to Sam Gordon of the Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, Sam, on the other side of the football, um, I got to give the Raiders' defense a lot of credit. Uh, we talked about it all offseason. Uh, Gus Bradley, Unique and Gawkway, um, you know Max Crosby, looking in, to be in great shape, going all the way back to uh, OTAs. Um, you know some of the young secondary members that they brought in, Casey Hayward, the veteran. Uh, this, this defense has nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, even in these uh, the, the, the two losses the last couple of weeks. They, to me, they've played winning football. They've played well enough to give this offense plenty and more than enough chances to get its act together. That's a whole other story. But from the defense's perspective, they've done their job. How impressed have you been by by this defense? Oh, extremely impressed. Extremely impressed. And it's something, like you said, it was a dominant storyline throughout the course of the offseason. We know most of the transactions that the Raiders made were with the defense in mind and stabilizing what was, you know, what was frankly a terrible, a terrible unit last year. And now I think on all three levels the Raiders are you know significantly better. That doesn't mean teams are going to have success at times moving the ball. Um, you know Justin Herbert's an elite quarterback as we're finding out. The Chargers were able to do their thing. Other other great players are going to be able to move the ball. That's part of football. Other teams have good players too. But the Raiders, the, the thing I've been most impressed with is that they've been able to consistently dial up pressure up front, and then the secondary. Um, even even yesterday, the passwork secondary was able to do a really good job. I mean Justin Fields, what 110 yards passing? I know he's a rookie. I know he's still getting his feet wet and whatnot, but when you can hold any NFL offense to under you know 130 yards passing or whatever it was with all its completion, you've done your job. And the Raiders, you know, the Bears did have around 140 yards rushing, but the yards per attempt, 3.9. That's a respectable number. It's not like the Bears were getting 20 yards a pop and getting all these explosive plays. The Raiders' defense has kept the Raiders in every single game this year, even the two losses. Uh, you see what Justin Fields did yesterday. Uh, uh, Justin Herbert did yesterday, Vinny, to a very good Cleveland Browns defense. Uh, he, the Raiders held him in check and held that offense to you know only 21 points through the first three and a half quarters until things kind of started to get away from him at the end. But the improvements up front are palpable. I think there's development with the young corners and the young safeties in the secondary. And all things considered, you know as banged up as that linebacker core has been throughout the course of the year, still not having Nicholas Morrow, um, having to rotate guys in and out of that linebacking core. The defense has been more than good enough um, in all the games this year for the Raiders to have their opp- opportunities. It's on the offense, you know, like we've discussed. Um, to catch back up to where it was the first three weeks of the season instead of the last couple weeks in order to match what that defense is doing. All right, Sam, so um, no rest for their weary, no excuses. Uh, they don't cancel the season. They don't postpone it just so an offensive line can get its act together, an offense can get its act together. It's on to Denver uh, where the Raiders play the Broncos on Sunday. It's shaping up now as a huge game. You don't want to lose 
any more ground than they already have in what looks to be a very competitive division. Obviously, the Chargers look to be the cream of the crop. Kansas City Chiefs been telling people for a while, uh, not really <laughs> liking what's going on over there in Kansas City. But, hey, you make your own conclusions. Uh, but the Raiders have to win on Sunday, right, against the Denver Broncos? Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like you said, this defense is so competitive. Um, the Chargers significantly improved, look like a completely different outfit. Denver, obviously, better. Uh, really like what Teddy Bridgewater's done there, stabilizing the quarterback position, giving them a veteran, a calming presence, somebody that's going to take care of the ball and make key plays um, throughout the course of the game. Knows, knows how to run an offense, and there's a leadership component to them. And then, of course, the Chiefs. Like you said, obviously not the Chiefs that we've seen the last couple of years. The defense right now is a disaster on a number of levels. But with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and those skill guys, you can't write them off. So with that said, um, this is an opportunity. I mean, both these teams, Raiders and Broncos, right, Vinny, kind of in a similar spot. You start off 3-0, and you drop a couple games, and you know games that you feel like you probably should win uh, at home. And, and now it's, it's, I mean, this is a huge, huge game. Like you said, you don't want to fall a couple games back in the division. And then, of course, the wild card race. I mean, we know how deep uh, the AFC is uh, has been the last few years. There's a lot of good teams that are going to be vying for playoff positioning. So I think with that said, that makes this game, yeah, kind of a must-win game early in the season because you don't want to you don't want to go three and zero and then and then be three and three with issues on the offensive line, all these questions right now, you know about what's what's happening with the offense and, and stuff like that. You don't want to deal with that moving forward. If you go in and handle your business, you're four and two. You stop the bleeding a little bit, and you can continue to work on developing that offensive line. So it's a huge game. There's no doubt about it. I, I do think it's as close as to a must-win kind of game, being that it's divisional, being how competitive this division is so far early in the season. And, uh, and the Raiders got to go out and figure out a way to handle business. If that means having Derek Carr throw it 50 times, then so be it. If they can find out how they're running, you know, find out a way to unlock their running game a little bit, then that works too. And if it has to be the defense that dominates today, then, then so be that as well. But, yeah, this is a, a very, very marquee matchup in the AFC West. As Like you said, this division is taking shape as one of the best in the NFL. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, before I let you get out of here, Sam, we did mention the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, They've got issues uh, of their own, and I'm not quite sure how they're going to be able to fix a defense that's just uh, a sieve. They don't stop anybody, and they certainly didn't stop the Buffalo Bills last night. Uh, What are your thoughts on what's going on in Kansas City, and can we truly start thinking about the reality of maybe there is a changing of the guard going on here in the AFC West? Yeah, I think it's definitely a thing to, to to think about. Now, that doesn't mean the Chiefs are done or that they can't come, you know, figure something out, or that Mahomes and that offense can't start clicking more and bailing out that defense. But it's you know the the last few years in Kansas City, that defense it hasn't it certainly hasn't been dominant by any stretch, but it's been dependable. There hasn't been the pressure on Patrick Mahomes and that offense to score every single time out, and as a result, you're, they're able to go out there play free, play fun, play, play fast and you have one of the greatest offenses in the NFL ever in the NFL. Now, with the way that defense is leaking, Vinny, you see Mahomes, I think you've seen him press a little more than he's had to in the past. We know he's a unique playmaker that can improvise with the best of them, but the turnovers are up. I mean, he's turning the ball over at a rate that we haven't seen. And what does that do? That makes that gives your, your, your leaky defense shorter fields with, with which to work, and opposing offenses are striking – um, quicker than ever. So, yeah, I, I think when you look at the Chargers, they're a much more complete football team. Now, Now, uh, the, the Browns were the first team really really this year to have their way with the Chargers offensively, so maybe there's a blueprint there to how you can, how you can score against the Chargers, but the Browns have great offensive personnel that not a lot of other teams have. But when you look at the Chargers, they're much more, the point I'm making is they're much more complete on both sides of the ball. They have a defense through the first five games that has been dependable, especially in the first four, and you have an offense right now that's as hot as any 
with, with as good of a young quarterback as there is in the league, with great skill position players. We've seen Mike Williams emerge now, finally tap into that potential we saw at Clemson, and then Keenan Allen, all reliable, as good of a possession receiver and route runner as we have in football to go with Austin Eckler, who's as good of a dual-threat running back as there is in football. So the Chiefs have a lot, or the, the, the Chargers, rather, have a lot of the similar components, ironically enough, that the Chiefs had when they started their run with Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback, in 2018. Uh, and, and the, yeah, I think that this, I, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Kansas City is just going to be the class of the division moving forward. Uh, they're going to have, they have some work to do, not only this year on the defensive side of the ball, but moving forward in years to come because Patrick Mahomes' big contract extension is kicking in. And you know how, you know, Vinny, how that works. And it, it, it decreases the money you're able to allocate to other positions. So the onus is on the Chiefs to continue to draft and develop well and, and find guys that can make plays on this defensive side of the ball. I'm not sure if the answers are in-house right now uh, defensively for them. But moving forward, this isn't just a storyline I think that we need to monitor this season. I think it's a storyline moving forward um, as Justin Herbert continues to emerge and the Chargers continue to improve under Brandon Staley. Sam, you always know you always uh, know that I love when you uh, stop by in the huddle and spend some time with us and drop insight and commitment. Uh, always appreciate the hard work. Uh, always appreciate uh, your thoughts. Thanks so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. Take care, and we'll see you a little bit later on this week, my friend. I appreciate it. Anytime. You got Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review Journal, my colleague over uh, at the Review Journal. Uh, you are in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Monday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. I don't think so. I mean, all the guys, we all kind of talked about how we felt about it. Um, I mean, how he treats the players. I mean, he's a player's coach. So, I mean, everybody was kind of not like too just overly, you know what I'm saying, analyzing it. Um but I don't think it's going to affect it because our guys, we're led by each other. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the coaches, yeah, they 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 call the plays and everything. But at the end of the day, we are um, led by each other. So I don't think it affects the guys too much. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bajota. We're going to go right out to the Raider Nation listener line. Matt is in New Jersey. How you doing, Matt? Good. How you doing, Vinny? Doing very good. Thanks. Um. Real quick, um, first and foremost, um, you know, the, the, that performance yesterday really was uninspiring, pathetic, and really unacceptable to, for this fan base. Um, we deserve way better than that. Um, but I got a couple questions for you, and, and one is uh, the offensive line, and we talked about it, and you said it before. Um, if this is a uh, win-now mentality and no excuses, like we, you know, that's what everybody talked about before the season started, why would you continue to leave James in there in if you when you have a guy like Martin because he's got experience and he can kind of help the rest of the guys out? Um, you know, if you're going to learn on the job, then you're going to get hit some bumps in the roads. You possibly could get Derek Carr hurt. Okay, um, now now you're going to have two quarterbacks on IR. So um, that for me, I would definitely like to see that. And and the other question is. Um, and you probably answered this too before, is, is this locker room divided? Because the way that lack of focus divided or something's going on. I mean, you saw Derek Carr yesterday. He wasn't engaged in that game. He seemed to be annoyed and pissed off, and he was on the sidelines. Um, 
in previous games, he was up, you know, cheering for the defense. In this game, for, for whatever reason, he kind of was talking to himself, sitting on the bench like, uh, you know, he was disengaged from what was going on. So that's that's my take, and that's what I saw. I went back and watched some of it just to verify that. But that that's what I saw yesterday, and to me, that didn't look good on the sidelines yesterday. It looked like a lot of guys just didn't really want to be there. Yeah, um, I mean, it just uh, there. There was definitely a lack of focus. Um, that was pretty obvious. Um, we saw it with drop balls. We saw it in a lot of different uh, ways. Uh, the offensive line was not good. It just was a bad day, and there's a lot going on. Uh, you know what happened uh, on Friday with the whole John Gruden situation. I don't know how much it hurt, but it certainly didn't help. Uh, and these guys are human beings, and all of a sudden, this you know disastrous type of a. Uh, uh, thing gets fall you know falls right on their uh, on their lap and they're supposed to kind of put it out of their mind uh, and then go out there and play a football game that's hard to do and it's you know these are human beings so I would imagine some of that was was hanging over them a little bit and then on top of that they're just not very good on the offensive line they had a short week uh, to get it turned around uh, with all the changes uh, it was ambitious to think that it was going to look really good uh, with a short amount of time that they had to deal with it and put it together uh, right now they're they're looking looking at it as, okay, just invest in it now and hope that it pays off sometime this year, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, but, you know, uh, it's not going to happen overnight. And that's just the facts of the matter. And, yeah, uh, I think that guys were discouraged yesterday. There was nothing to be happy about, you know. Uh, when guys are dropping balls, when penalties are happening, kind of kind of dumb plays that the Raiders are making, shooting themselves in the foot over and over again, uh, then not being able to get the other team off the field on third downs uh, or fourth downs and in reverse, not being able to convert third downs or fourth downs, giving the ball up on possessions. Uh, it was a sloppy game, and guys are gonna you know be disappointed about that and express that, uh, and that's you know you saw some of that on the sidelines. The key is, and in the NFL. It comes at you in waves. You have to ride that wave out. You have to successfully ride that wave out. Um, And the only way to do it is to pick yourself up, go practice, go get it figured out, and try to come up with enough answers to go win a game on Sunday. And then the Sunday after that, and the Sunday after that. Uh, they're three and two. It's not, you know, they're they're right in the thick of things. So um, that's definitely a positive. They're playing well defensively. They've got a quarterback that, when you protect him, uh, can make plays uh, down the field. Uh, you've got a lot of weapons to work with. Uh, so there's something there to work with. Uh, it's not the end of the world. They just got to figure out a way to stabilize that offensive line uh, in order for it to not be the major weakness that it is. It's going to come down to coaching. It's going to come down to execution. Uh, you can't have the type of errors that you had yesterday. You know, when when a when a when a key part of your team is letting you down. Um, the, the last thing that you need to have happen is for other issues to come up. Uh, you have to play precise, precision, mistake-free football in a lot of ways. It's not going to happen, but you have to make sure that you're playing as much like that as possible. And yesterday, it was the complete opposite. The, the Raiders just played... Uh, in a lot of ways, hapless football. And uh, that was pretty obvious. Uh, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bahada Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Monday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Javier is in L.A. How you doing, Javier? 
Hey, Vinny, great show. I'm actually in Colorado. <laughs> so, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Oh, Colorado, sorry LA. <laughs> sorry about that, my brother. <laughs> no, not a problem. Not a problem. Actually, I, I listened to, you know, our rival radio station just so I could hear what they're talking about the Raiders. And what I'm hearing is uh, this is a must win for them. They're going to treat it as a must win given the remaining schedules that they have. And I'm wondering if uh, the Raiders are going to see it with that same kind of mindset that they really need to get this division win against the Broncos. What do you think? Yeah, there's no question about it. Um, you know, and you don't want a three-game losing streaks this early in the season. Um, you know that, that, and all of a sudden, doubt starts creeping in. Um, you know, uh, you're, you're not feeling good about yourself. Uh, fingers get pointed. You know, uh, uh, time to time, it, it's just not good. You need to figure out a way. The Raiders do. Uh, to get back on track. Um, and, you know, uh, as soon as that happens, uh, the sooner the better, really. Um, yeah. You know, obviously the Denver Broncos, uh, this is a division game. You don't want to fall back uh, any further in the division. You've already lost once to the Chargers, so you're down one uh, in your own division. Don't let it get down to 0-2. But, um, you know, they're going up against a really good defense. That's the thing. And it seems like every week we keep saying that, and, and every week this offensive line um, – really, for the most part, hasn't been able to uh, to sustain any kind of uh, level of play, acceptable level of play. Um, and, and so, you know, uh, it, it's an issue. And they have to win, though. Um, otherwise, all these problems are going to fester. Uh, and there's a lot of issues going on with the Raiders right now uh, that go beyond yeah. uh, the football field. And what, uh, The secondary of the Broncos got exposed, and I'm looking forward to the Raiders doing the same thing to them. Uh, I really do think that Carr, if he's protected, I think we could get it. So I'm excited, Benny. Let's stay. Let's keep positive and let's go get him. All right. So um, no, no, no doubt about it. And uh, we got another caller. Who's the caller? Come on. Joe in L.A. Joe is in L.A. How you doing, Joe? I'm good, thank you. Um, but two uh, previous callers, you know, he's talking about the mindset of the team based upon what happened last Friday. And the only thing I could think that may have affected that because you guys did a great job in the post-game presser, I think, with the with the questions with regards to that. And I've always felt that Gruden is a great rallier of players or athletes of men uh, because as a fan, when I hear him, when he's enthusiastic, he's trying to rally the troops, I want to put on pads and go out there and play. I mean, that's the kind of effect I think Gruden has on the team. My only concern was going into Sunday, I'm wondering – you know, a lot of the players, as you know, you being there, had said they didn't affect them. But I'm wondering in the back of their mind, they're thinking, was this all a lie? You know, his, you know, are, are they questioning it internally? Um, that, that's the only concern I had. And then the follow-up, which i really love to get your opinion on, is that in Mark Davis' statement, he did mention the email but other material. Mm-hmm. Now, when that came out, there's tons of rumors that came out that there was doodles or photographs or pictures that might correlate with that statement that he made. And I don't know if you heard anything with regards to that, and do you know anything further than that? Uh, well, there's reports out there, uh, no doubt about it. Um, if you go on to Twitter, you'll see all of them. And, um, you know, I've got texts out right now. I'm doing a job trying to, uh, you know, report as much as I possibly can. But based on what the New York Times uh, reported just a few minutes ago, it doesn't look good. Um, and, you know, I don't, I, I have to get to the bottom of it myself before I can uh, really comment. But on the surface of it, it doesn't look good at all. 
Um, and it's frankly, uh, if what these, um, you know, what the New York Times has been able to uh, take a look at, uh, if it's truly uh, verified that it that it has to do with John Gruden, um, it's it's disappointing. Frankly, it's hugely 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 disappointing. I can't express it any other way than that. We'll see what happens uh, from here on out, but um, you know. Just go ahead and, 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 like I said, take a look at social media. We'll be having a story about it uh, at the Review Journal uh, in in a little bit, um, but it doesn't look good. So let's put it that way. Uh, out to the Raider Nation listener line again, Pete in North Carolina. How you doing, Pete? Benny, how are you? Doing okay. Uh, you know, all the issues recruiting, that one thing aside, um, putting that aside, I just want to stick to football. And what's frustrating is we put so much faith and trust in him having him come back, um, and we're looking at, you know, he makes uh, uh, comments after the game. He's very supportive of his players, but at some point you want him to say, hey, players have to own their, uh, you know, they have to own their play out on the field. That's number one. And number two, he has to own it. He keeps talking about we have to start quicker, but yet he sketches out these plays, and we all sit here and watch the games on TV, and we can call out what the play is, and we know it's going to get stomped. I mean, I sat here yesterday and I looked at the game. I said, first three plays, I know exactly what's going to happen. And I always wonder, what, what's our go-to play when we need that seven, eight yards? And we know Renfro's a big part of that. But what's that go-to play? What's the Raider go-to play where you see so many other teams that have that go-to play? The other thing is, defensively, I think the defense is playing really well. They have to tighten up a little bit in the middle of the line, letting some, some major gaps where they get some good runs. But... I thought Robertson came in yesterday, and I thought he played wonderful. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think the, you know, and the frustration is on the offensive side of the ball because it doesn't seem like there's a rhythm. I I don't know what you know. It's interesting. We talked about the defense last year. How the defense didn't react; they were always thinking. I appreciate the call, uh, Pete, uh, and you're absolutely right on. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty a.m. on a Monday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Tell you what, sometimes in life you're just a little speechless. And I'm a little speechless right now. If you guys have seen the reports um, out on Twitter and social media... Uh, the New York Times uh, has a story right now about um, some other emails that have been uncovered um, regarding Raiders head coach John Gruden. And uh, I can confirm um, through a leaked source that uh, all of that is accurate. Um, and, you know, it's disappointing. Uh, what I'm not going to really get into the details. I got to. Uh, take some time once the show is over to uh, to start digesting it and doing uh, a story on it myself. And so all I could say it's 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 not good. It's and it's disappointing. And um, it'll be interesting to see where things uh, go from here. I'm not going to predict anything one way or another. But uh, I would just you know urge everyone to read the story and you know come to whatever conclusion uh, that 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 um, that that you want. Uh, but <laughs> 
I, I don't see how anyone could read it and not be really, really disappointed right now in a lot of different ways. Devon? Well, Vinny, um, we, since we don't have that much time left in the show and we really can't speak to as much that we yeah. do not know, I do have a couple of questions for you, journalistically speaking, mm-hmm. because on Friday it was from the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. And I tried to reach out to the Wall Street Journal and it was like, hey, anybody got time to like to respond to this? Okay, we're on Radio Nation Radio. Let's yeah. uh, Just when it was the one email that was out. And it was basically like, hey, we're tied up right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, understandable. You break the story. I'm sure right. everybody's trying to get a piece of you. And now it's for now. This is in the New York Times. Mm-hmm. When it comes to like information, not so much being leaked, but obviously someone had to give said reporters said information. Can you speak to like? Could this be like something like? I'm not trying to defend John Gruden, but it's like, oh, someone wanted this to come out at this time. Or when it comes to like a leak of this nature, mm-hmm. where it's just like, well, these emails have been sitting around for about ten plus years now. For for the people that are suspicious as to why, because we had a, we even had college calling in today, like oh it's suspicious. Well, that let's it comes under, out no, now. Okay, I, and I'm no, I'm not saying that no, anybody's no, trying know. to take down John. Gruden, no, no, here's but the thing. But journalistically, like oh yeah. if something like this lands in your lap. What do you do? Right. With it? Well, for, uh, first off, uh, just to call a quick timeout, um, it didn't just come out right now. No, there, it wasn't like a reporter was snooping around and oh my gosh, I found all these emails. Exactly. The, yes, the, the emails were the result of an investigation that the Washington football team was doing on to in itself. Okay. There were, we, we, if if you remember correctly, uh, there's a lot of controversy that has been going on with the Washington football team in terms of workplace misconduct, um, not to get into there was all a the big Washington post story about them as well. Yeah. They, it's, it, it's an ugly situation, yes. uh, that, that apparently, um, over the, a, a long uh, period of time, it was just a really bad workplace for a lot of different reasons. And, you know, that's why you have human resource departments and things like that, right, for these type of situations. And it sounds like uh, it obviously all went over the line and, you know, people expressed uh, frustration and anger and misgivings and all that. Anyway, so it came to the league's attention. Uh, The Washington football team did an investigation into itself, all right, bringing in uh, investigators to look into things. Among the things they looked into were about 650,000 emails over the course of a long period of time. When you have a work email, that becomes subject to scrutiny. And is it safe to say that these emails don't come out if it's on Bruce Allen's personal email? Um, that it is like, probably not. I don't. I yeah, don't know how. All not, that, I know we're not. We yeah, don't know yeah. the, the specifics. But it's just he was to say working that, for that. The the course of these emails that John Gruden or whoever sent them because you know hundreds of thousands of emails that yeah the, the they NFL looked at a whole, They're looking at his work email and John Gruden just so happened to be emailing him at up. his work yes. email. There was there were email exchanges apparently. Man, Bruce Allen, really. Uh, real quick to make a quick joke. I'm afraid to sign up for a free trial with my work email because I'm like, what if the job finds out that I'm getting like a free month of Hulu? Right. <laughs> Well, that's it's those are valid, uh, uh, you know, concerns. But anyway, in in the in the course of this investigation into workplace misconduct uh, and and going through all these emails, among many other things, uh, evidence that they looked at, they came across obviously uh, some things in emails that were said uh, that that the investigators were like, this doesn't fit into our. In the, this doesn't fit into the umbrella of what we're looking into, but somebody probably needs to see this, right? So that they then turned over uh, this stuff to the NFL and said, hey, look, this doesn't fall into the this particular investigation, but you probably want to see this. Uh, and it relates to some people in the NFL, John Gruden in, included. And so then that's when the NFL got it um, 
and I don't know the exact timeline on it, but that's how it was uncovered. It wasn't like somebody was just snooping around looking into John Gruden emails and uncover this and want to try to take him down. This was part of a bigger investigation, and now, um, you know, based on what the New York Times is reporting, it's 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 ugly and you know not good. It's disappointing, you know. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you about that on the journalistic side. Because right. Raider fans, I think it'd be real easy to look if you click on the article and you're like, uh, it's okay to release the, the, the reporter's name attached to it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we got Ken Benson, Ken Belson, and Catherine Rose Rothman. From the New York Times? From the New York Times, okay. yes. So this isn't Ken and Catherine that's going out like, hey, guys, they're not trying to take down John Gruden. They're not looking maliciously no. to try to like, right. hey, they, they want some dysfunction in the Raiders organization. Which falls into the don't shoot the messenger Exactly, part. yes. Okay, what happened like, in their case? I just case, feel like putting out that disclaimer. What, what, what happened in their case, either they requested it from somebody, um, you know, the investigator or somebody on the investigative team. Um, you know, decided, hey, look, uh, somebody needs to look into this. And they, they gave it to uh, those two reporters um, and said, you need to look at this. And obviously, uh, I don't know how they got their hands on it. It's At this point, I don't really even care. I mean, it's, it's, that's beside the point. What's, what is the point is what's in those emails, the content of, of, of what was said. And it's wide-ranging, and it's ugly, and it's not good. Um, and if, if this is indeed... Um, who we, who uh, if it, if it indeed is John Gruden, um, you know it's not it's just not good, and um, I'm frankly, you know it's just disappointing to see in this time, um, you know where we are in 2021 on a lot of different issues, to see some of the things that were said, um, you know about some issues that we all hold dear to our heart and we all should care about really. Um, so we'll see. I don't have the answers right now. Um, I'm not quite sure, uh, it, you know, uh, where all this is headed. But, um, you know, w- w- all I can say is that we'll see. We'll see where this goes uh, from here. But I wouldn't be surprised by anything at this point, Devon. Yeah, me either, because it's such a it's one of those situations where it doesn't look bad. And it's if you it back, doesn't look good. Oh, I mean, it doesn't look good. Excuse me. Yes, it doesn't look good. And it's just a situation of you can't you can't stand by him if all of these all of this is true. Right. Or it's just impossible for what the Raiders can do whatever they want as an organization. Yeah. But just from the public outrage perspective, yeah. it will look bad. It will look bad. As, right. Which that, which him. which makes me like like I said, I would not be surprised or shocked at whatever action is taken. Um, you know, from from this point on. But uh, you know, and uh, and it's just you know, um, whether however long ago it was, and it looks like these were were for a while. You know, it wasn't just. Ten years ago, it looks like this was over this over a course of time, uh, right up until not real recently, but recently enough. Um, so, you know, uh, it's it's as it's, recently as Michael I Sam getting drafted. Twenty eight. I think they might have said uh, twenty eighteen. I believe um, if if I read the story correctly while I was reading through it, I think um, twenty seventeen twenty eighteen was the last of the uh, the emails that they saw. But I'd have to uh, I'd have to double check that, but. Um, it's it, the timeline doesn't matter. I mean, you know, you, you just don't say those type of things and you just don't write those type of things. And, um, you know, uh, it's just not good. 
I want to say thanks to Ted Wynn uh, from The Athletic, shedding some great light on what's going on with the offensive line or isn't going on with the offensive line. Uh, that's obviously a work in progress. Uh, I want to say thanks to my teammate over at the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Sam Gordon. Uh, thanks to Q, uh, having fun over at the Oyo. Uh, he's there every Monday, and it's always a lot of fun. Uh, so go check him out on Mondays. Uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow from 4 to 6. And needless to say, uh, it'll be an interesting day tomorrow. Uh, I, can, I can assure you of that. Um, so until then, uh, take care of yourselves. We will talk to you tomorrow. Vinny Bonchenor in the huddle. Tequila in Bajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Monday.